with something in basic black, like an AR-15. Some things never go out of style, like Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. All right, back with you, Tom Gresham. Okay, glad that you could be here. We're going to be doing another hour of this, having some fun. If you want to join us, just pick up the phone, call us, 866-825-5486, or you can dial it easier, one Tom Talk Guns. You can also shoot me an email, tom at guntalk.com. That'll get you in here. Let's see, just got an email from, uh, well, it says, Tom, I've been forced off of several internet forums because I believe the same as you when it comes to why I wear a concealed handgun. I gave up on forums after being called a coward and every other ugly name in the book because I don't adhere to the hero mentality. They just don't get it. My job as a person who carries concealed is to protect my wife and myself. Then, after those two criteria have been met, I will try to do something, but I won't be putting my life on the line, because putting my life on the line puts my wife's life on the line. In other words, I can't protect her if I'm dead. says, oddly enough, I have explained this non-hero concept to several women, including my wife, and they all get it. Also, my wife didn't have a problem understanding the reasons she needs to carry all the time is to protect her and my ornery rear end in case I become unable to protect her. Great point, Michael. Um, a lot of people don't get it. I actually was talking to a woman on the show a few weeks ago, and she was saying she carries, but when her husband's carrying, then she doesn't carry. I said, why is that? I said, well, he's carried. He's, he's got it. I said, well, what if he gets hurt? It's kind of this long pause. What if something happens to him? What if somebody walks up and smacks him in the back of the head? Now, he can't protect you. You can't protect him. You both need to be carrying. That way you can protect each other. And look, two people who know what they're doing with guns is not twice as good as one person. It's ten times as good. You can do so much more when you know what you're doing. If you've trained a little bit, you've gotten some training, you know you know how to talk to each other, how to communicate. You can cover angles. You can cover each other while you move. You can extricate yourself. You can get out of situations. I love it when I'm with somebody who knows what he's doing and he's got a gun, I've got a gun. Okay, I know we've got this situation. At least we've got a better chance. There's no guarantees. At least you got a better chance, okay? Just, just something for you to consider. Let's see, line four, Bill's with us out of Kansas City, Kansas. Hello, Bill. Hi, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. I sure. just had a, a short comment. Uh incident happened the other day. I, I, I'm a concealed carry, and I use a shoulder holster, and I like it very well. Mm-hmm. But I was in a bathroom at a convenience store, and there was a handgun that fell out on the floor from under a stall, and there was a kid in there and his father, and they made a big deal about it. And the guy that had the gun, of course, had a, you know, a carry per- permit. But the idea of, you know, if we have permits and we're out in public, we need to be very careful about our handguns. Now, was was it, did this happen while you were in the restroom at this place? Yes. I, it was in a restroom where it happened at, at a con- convenience store. But it wasn't your gun that fell out? No, no, no. I, I, I carry a shoulder holster, and, and I like it very well. Well, and it goes to an interesting question. I get a lot of times people say, what do you do if you go, have to go to the bathroom? And you've got yeah. a gun on, a, on your hip, and you have to go sit on the toilet. What do right. you do? This, the, 
this is ex- ex- exactly what happened to this guy. Mm-hmm. His gun fell out. Of course, when it fell out, it spun under the stall and, and on the floor. And, you know, people, oh, my God, there's a gun in sure. there. And they run out. Oh, yeah. and, you know, it was just a big deal. Sure. Well, I am. Uh, I tend to not be a fan of shoulder holsters. Uh, now, do you do, well, your shoulder holster, let me ask you a question. Does it have the gun pointing, the muzzle pointing down, or does it have the gun pointing horizontally? The gun is pointing up. Really? So, yes. So if it goes off, it will basically shoot me in the, in the shoulder. But Why? The gun, is, the, the gun is pointing up. I can I can get a hold of it very easily. I, I know at all times I know where it is. And not only that, but if somebody got a hold of me, I could keep the gun in, in place, I believe, better than a shoulder, than a hip holster. Let me throw out a, a, a thought. You're walking around for hours and hours at a time pointing a gun at yourself. That's right. Why, in the name of John Moses Browning, would you break the first rule of gun safety all the time? Never point a gun well, at anything you're not willing to destroy. Well, I, I guess the point, it, it's just, it's just very comfortable that way. And not if I, it goes I, off. Yes, I, I understand. But if it, if it's pointed the other way and it goes off, it could injure somebody else too. I agree. I don't like the, the shoulder holsters that hold a gun horizontally because now it points at everybody in the room as you do a 360. I don't like that either. Right. The only, for me, the only safe way to carry a gun is with it pointed down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but course, certainly not at my armpit. My heavens. But, Tom, even if the gun is pointed down and it goes off, there's, there's a good possibility that, that the person carrying the gun can get hit. That, that is certainly a possibility. Uh, yes. But it's, but it's not guaranteed, like if it's pointing you know, at your underarm. I, I mean, yes. look, I understand everybody has to figure out their system, but my gosh, I could not go with a system that has my gun pointing at me all the time. I won't let my gun point at my hand or any part of me for a microsecond. I'm certainly not going to walk around for hours and let it point at me. St- look, stuff happens. It just, sure, it, sure. it just does. And yeah. I, I wouldn't do that. Let me go back to your, but let me go back to your original point, which is, Let's talk about for a second, you're carrying a gun in a hip holster, a belt holster, and you have to go sit on the toilet. What do you do? Here's what I recommend. Take the gun out of the holster before you drop your drawers. Then drop your drawers and literally put the gun down in your underwear that's down around your ankles. That's what most people, I mean, people go, really, are you talking about this? Yes, you got to talk about this stuff. Sure. It, it, it's real world. And otherwise, as you say... You start pulling your pants down and the gun comes out of the holster and skitters, you know, three stalls over. And, you know, now we've got a mess and a half is what we've got. So, look, I appreciate you bringing it up. I, I'm i glad you're carrying. I'm glad you're safe. Man, I, I just got to tell you, that is not a system that I could go with. I could not go with that at all. I could not walk around with a gun pointing at my, my armpit, blow my shoulder off. I just, you know, you know what it is? I get, and look, thanks for the call. I get so many reports of accidental shootings of people who, you know, they said, well, up to now everything was fine. It reminds me of the guy who closes his eyes and runs across the street with, in busy traffic. And he says, you know, it's always worked for me up to now. 
Yeah, I get it until it doesn't. 866-TALK-GUNS, 866-TALK-GUNS. Mossberg Bolt Action Family of Rifles is unrivaled in their class. With great value, features, reliability, and accuracy, including the new Trek series. Mossberg, field proven performance since 1919. The Smith and Wesson Bodyguards. Carry more comfortably, walk more confidently. When it comes to personal protection, nothing beats a bodyguard. Choose the lightweight, compact, and concealable Bodyguard 380 pistol or the Bodyguard 38 revolver, both with a built-in laser sight. The Smith & Wesson Bodyguards. Carry more comfortably, walk more confidently. Hold. Hold. John? I love weekends out here at the range, but with these ammo prices, I don't know if I can keep coming. Hey, why not load your own ammo? I did, and I'm saving a bunch of money. Plus, it's fun. Well, I thought of loading my own shot shells. It's easy. My mech loader works like a dream. Easy setup, too. And mech is the leading name in shot shell loaders, with models for anyone, from beginner to shooters who need high volume. Check them out at mechreloaders.com. Mechreloaders.com, huh? I'll do it. Visit OldFaithfulHolsters.com for high-quality hybrid holster kits. Save money with a build-your-own holster or custom-make your own mold for any gun. Visit OldFaithfulHolsters.com now. That's OldFaithfulHolsters.com. Remember your first Mossberg? So would your kids. For youth shooters to have success, they need a gun that fits correctly. Mossberg offers over 40 youth shotgun and rifle configurations. Mossberg. Field-proven performance since 1919. Hey, welcome back to Gun Talk, 866-TALK-GUNS. Line 3, Mark is Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Mark, thank you for your patience. Oh, Talk to me. Fine. Um, I was down at the gun shop, and they had, by Panther Arms, they had a lower receiver for an AR-15 that's made out of a polymer plastic. And I was wondering mm-hmm. your opinion of it, the durability, and whatever you can tell me about it. You know, I've not shot that. I just know that it exists. Obviously, it's lighter. That's the, the big selling point. It's lighter weight. I'm not sure how much lighter it is than uh, an aluminum alloy receiver, which is what AR-15s have. And I, I have absolutely no information at all about uh, the durability or strength of it. I mean, surely we, you know, we use polymer pistols and, you know, we get, I, I mean, I know of a Smith & Wesson M&P that has had 80,000 rounds through it. Well, you know what? If it'll go 80,000 rounds, I'm, I'm okay with that. So yeah. probably fine. I, I just don't have any personal knowledge uh, to help you out with that one, but yeah, lighter is always better in most cases, but then again, AR-15s are, they're not heavy because the receivers are heavy, the lowers are heavy, they're heavy because we keep adding junk to them, 
<laughs> we, yeah, keep, yeah. we put stuff yeah. on them like rails and lights and lasers and grips and slings and, you know, hoo-hahs or whatever. Yeah, we got stuff all over them. But that's, that's why our ARs are heavy now. Take all that stuff off and you got a six, six and a half pound rifle and it's not bad. Yeah. Is, do you know of a website I could possibly go to that might give me that information? You know what? You might try AR15.com. Uh, lots and lots of information there, and it's probably the, the go-to place for information about ARs. It's AR15.com. That ought to help you out. Listen, I appreciate the call, Mark. Let me run up to uh, make sure I get the right one. Marty, line two. He's in Arkansas. Hello, Marty. You're on Gun Talk. Uh, how are you today? I'm good. Talk to me. I'm wanting to get a 1911. I'm curious if I would be better off to go to a gun store, a one, and then customize it, or go like through Brownells, ordering each individual part that I want and building exactly what I want from scratch. Ah, okay. So either basically, you're asking, do I have someone else customize it and put all the cool stuff on it? Do I do it myself? That depends entirely on a couple of things. One. Are you handy? Do you like doing that type of thing? And two, are you any good at it? Would you enjoy it? I mean, if you say, I would really enjoy doing this project, and I'm pretty handy, and I like doing this kind of work, go for it, because the process of doing it yourself, you would enjoy it, and then if you do it yourself, you'll really enjoy having the gun. Okay. Now, are you are, are you handy? Do you do mechanical work like that? I do a little bit of mechanical work. I'm not, I mean, I, I can take all of my firearms I've got now apart, clean them, put them back together, but I've never tried to build something like that. Might be a good project to work on. Um, understanding that your, your fallback position is you take a whole box of parts to somebody and have them put it all together for you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, the thing is you can buy all the parts you want from Brownells. And yeah. there are lots of books and DVDs and things on how to put all that stuff together. And honestly, most of that is just replacing parts. It's not gunsmithing, as we call it, where you're you're filing and grinding and all that. You're really just replacing parts for the most part. There may be a, you know, you may need a little file, a touch of file here and there, but very, very little. I would say if you have the interest, if you're asking the question, you have the interest, and then that makes it good. I, I would go for it. All right. That's what I was wanting to find out. I appreciate it. All right. Good luck with it. Let, let me know how it works out. After you do this thing, call us and tell us how it worked out for you, okay? That'd be I'll fun. I'll do that. All right. Sounds good. Uh, line one, Bob, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hello, Bob. You're on Gun Talk. Well, howdy, Tom. Yes, sir. A uh, couple of questions. <clears throat> one is my business alarm when it goes off dials me. On the cell phone, mm-hmm. uh, what would be the legality of uh, going to my business with a uh, like shotgun, long arm, or or a handgun? Let me ask I, you. A I question. don't have a concealed weapon permit. Right. Uh, first of all, let me ask: you, Are you legal to own guns? You can legally own guns. Yes. Okay. When your alarm goes off, does it also call the police? No. Uh, there's a, a pretty hefty fine. Uh, or they frown on or false alarms. alarms. How often does it go off? Very rare. The last two times uh, there was people in the house. One I confronted uh, in my driveway, and the other one I took and sit there for like close to 20 minutes waiting for the police to arrive. They could have been gone by the time the police got there, but fortunately they were still in my house. Did, my you, have a gu- 
Did you have a gun with you when you did that? No. That's why how, I waited for them. How did, how did, okay. Uh, uh, nowadays, it takes a long time. Like the lady uh, mm-hmm. in Oklahoma, I heard it took 20 minutes. She was on 911. Yeah. yeah. Here's the problem, or here's the challenge. Here's the, the questions you have to ask yourself is you're inserting yourself into a situation with a gun. Um, you're not the cops, and you're not going in there to save somebody's life. Yeah. You're, you, you know, my personal view is I'm not going to shoot somebody over stuff. I'm not. I mean, if they're stealing something, I'm not going. I'm not going to shoot them. And if you're not going to shoot them, then don't take a gun. Yeah. If you if you say, well, I would shoot them for taking stuff. Okay, that's fine. Understand that what the cost is of pulling the trigger. Uh, call it a hundred thousand dollars to pull the trigger. Yeah. Okay. So, is the stuff you're trying to save worth a hundred thousand dollars? Probably not. Uh, no, but I I feel, and I think a lot of people would be with me on on the uh, that uh, th- this is the problem we have n- nowadays. Is that it's uh, the criminal gets off too easy. The, okay. So uh, what your job your job is to what? A fine job. So what your your job is to go kill the the guy in the middle of committing a robbery because that's how we're going to solve uh, social problems. I don't get it. I think uh, when somebody is robbing you, I don't care what it is. If it's two cents, uh, they put they uh, have uh, relinquished their life. Really? Any thief, any thief steals anything is uh, is subject to being taken out. And you're willing to go to jail for the rest of your life because you think that somebody who steals two cents ought to be killed? No, no. Somebody needs to uh, uh, do something about society. Okay. Well, I'm not sure. I'm not worse, sure you're. Worse, I don't think you're worse. understanding what I'm saying here. Here's what I'm saying: If you pull the oh. trigger, there is an excellent chance you will, it will cost you a hundred thousand dollars to pull the trigger. You personally, oh, sure, I understand what you're saying. Uh, okay, attorney and, fees or you know suit yeah. of, and there's or end also up being in jail. Losing, yeah, and you could end up in jail. So home both. It's a. I understand that. All right, and it's worth that to you. Um, uh, I would. Uh, no, I don't think so. But what I was really want to know is, for my protection, is can I legally go there and if Probably I'm so. you, you, with somebody with a weapon themselves, can I legally, uh, would I uh, be committed a crime taking my weapon from my uh, house to my I business? Don't, I don't think you would. Let me ask you one other question. Uh, shotgun or rifle, what are you going to take? Uh, probably a shotgun. Okay. What kind of training do you have with a shotgun, self-defense training? Uh, I, I'm a, a senior citizen now, but I started uh, my first shotgun was when I was like 15 years old. And uh, my uh, brothers and family would go, we would all go hunting. Yeah, so you have no training at all is what you're telling me. No, no self-defense training. My, my point is this: I'm, I'm no, I'm, not self-defense. I'm no, having never... to I'm having to be fast and rough with you, and I apologize. You don't know no. what the hell you're doing. You'll get yourself hurt. You'll get somebody else hurt. You don't know what the hell you're doing. Don't go insert yourself into that situation. You, well, if I if I, I think... ask you if I ask you if you're going to go in, are you going to go with the muzzle up or the muzzle down? You don't know the difference. You don't know well, why I asked I the question. The, yeah, I know the difference. No, no, I'm saying you don't know why it's important to know one or the other. 
One is, is tactically sound and the other will get you hurt or killed. And if you don't know the answer to the question, don't go into this thing. I'm trying to keep you alive is what I'm doing here. Yeah. And so you probably legal to do it, but not everything that's legal is smart. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you, if it's me, I would, you know, I would go, I would probably personally, if it's me, cause I've had the training, I would go and I probably would not go into the building. If I think that there's somebody in the building, I am a hundred percent guaranteed not going in there. Yeah. yeah I mean, well, unless I got, unless a family member's in there, I got to go save them. But if, if it's a, a store, a place of work, and I have a pretty good idea that there's somebody in there. There's no way in this world I'm going in there. Oh, I agree. I wouldn't do that. No, no. Okay. Well, I hear what you're saying. And I just, I would ask you, please, please, please think about this. Consider, okay, what happens then? And then if I get there and then he wants to do this and what am I going to do? And, you know, and if it's a... I want you to, in your head, go through, okay, if he's 21, if he's 17, if he's 14, if he's 12, if he's 9, if there's six of them, if they're all women, you know, are we still shooting? What are we doing? And if we're not willing to go there, let's not start the journey. All right. Let's, I appreciate the call. Hope it gives some folks some food for thought. And I know people are saying, well, you know, he's robbing me. I, I get it. I understand. But just because you're mad or just because you think that society has gone to hell in a handbasket, well, I, I, the question for you, I ask you, what do you think? Am I wrong? Is it our job to shoot all the robbers? Is this what we need to be doing? Is this what motivates you? Is this why you got your concealed carry permit? That way you can police the world? You know, yeah. Are you are you James Bond? Are you 007? You got your permit in your pocket? Is that what that means? I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, I do know. I would love to know what you think. Maybe, maybe you disagree with me. Eight six six, talk gun. Welcome to Tom Gresham's Gun Talk. The best guns, the best guests, the best talk. Back with you here, Tom Gresham, 866-TALK-GUNS. A big congratulations to our call screener, Michelle Cleland. There's just got word, Michelle, your son just made the indoor world team. This is archery, I take it, right? Cool. Congratulations. Outstanding. we got shooters all over the place around this place, I guarantee you. Uh, <laughs> 866-TALK-GUNS is the magic number here. We just had a call about shotguns. Let me just read this uh, email I, I just got. This is from Matthew. Just wanted to make a further comment on the subject of, hand, of shotguns for home defense. Having recently attended a defensive shotgun class hosted by MDTS, Chris Fry, it's truly eye-opening how difficult a platform slash format the pump shotgun is to control and manage, parentheses, ammo, etc. While I've had training in both carbine and handgun from a few instructors, the shotgun class proved to be the most difficult and physically demanding and has made me rethink the approach that so many people seem to think is so simple. 
Matthew, thank you so much for sending that. It's kind of the point I keep trying to make. And everybody says, yeah, shotgun, that's the answer. Shotgun, that's the answer. Well, might be, might not be, but it's not simple. All of it requires you to practice, to get some training. And I'm sorry, guys. I don't care if you've grown up hunting. All that, if, when you tell me that, all that tells me is that you really don't know. You just really don't know. It's, it's very difficult to try to explain to somebody that there's a whole body of knowledge that they don't know about. And they're, you know, that, that, yeah, you're right. Very good. The same old stuff that you think you know can get you killed. You know, applying, you know, I've shot a shotgun all my life. Yeah, I've been shooting ducks. I've been shooting quail. Great. That's good. And if a quail breaks into your store, you're good to go. But if a bad guy's in there, you don't know anything about that, honestly. And it may be that what you know is is adequate. It may be that it's not. And it may be that no amount of training is going to be adequate because there are absolutely no guarantees. I just know that if you go insert yourself into one of these situations, somebody could get hurt and that somebody could be you. Just I'm just saying, as we say around here, okay? I'm just saying. Um, let's see. Let me make sure we got this. Line four. Yep, Andrew is in Lewiston, Idaho. There's a lot of gun stuff going on in Lewiston, Idaho. Always has been. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Good. What's up? Well, I just recently bought a Mossberg 500. I'm getting ready to take a self-defense course in it. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering what you preferred for, like, accessories, any modifications, anything like that I could do to the shotgun. Well, I like simple. I mean, I am I'm in the ballpark. I, I like simple stuff. So I would put two accessories on that shotgun if it doesn't have them already. I would put a set of sights on it. Does it have sights on it already? Uh, I believe they're called pin sights. Pin sights. Uh, it's, it's got uh, on the rail on the barrel, it's got two different uh, yeah. balls. No. When you line up, you're supposed to be right nah. on target. No, you need sights, real sights. Okay. Go, get you some ghost ring sights. Uh, check out uh, com. That's X-S-S-I-G-H-T-S, com. There are other people that have them. You need a set of ghost ring sights, and you need a sling. Okay. A, a, a rifle or a shotgun without a sling is like a handgun without a holster. Where are you going to put it when you need to use your hands? You've got to have a sling on your self-defense long gun. Have to. So that's what you need. And if you're going to take a class, you're probably going to want a side saddle on it. Uh, talk to the people who teach the class as to what kind of side saddle. That was a device that holds ammo on the side, either on the side of the receiver or on the side of the stock where you can have some ammo in there because you're going to be working on loading techniques where you pull an ammo out of that side saddle and shoving it into the uh, side, the loading port of your shotgun. You're going to spend a lot of time doing that. But absolutely, okay. a good set of sights and a sling, and then whatever type of ammo carrier that your instructor wants you to be using there or prefers, I would uh, call them and find out. But that's what you need. Okay. And the stock, it's it's got the standard rifle-style stock. Yeah. I was wondering, I, I wanted to put a pistol grip on it, and I was just wondering what kind of stock I would like to, would be preferred uh, if I want one that's just an adjustable stock or one that folds over the top, 
You want a, you, okay, you want, a pistol, you want a pistol grip, not just a pistol grip, but you want a, like a shoulder stock that also has a pistol grip on it. Yeah. I, me, I prefer solid, not folding, not collapsible, just solid. They're, they're stronger. Okay. All right. Good luck with it. Listen, I hope it works out for you. Thanks for calling. Uh, line three, Jerry is in Corpus Christi, Texas. Jerry, you're up. Talk to me. Yes, sir. Uh, got a quick question. Uh, your call screener was really nice. Uh, she said, uh, I wanted to know the difference between a three inch or two and a half inch on the Taurus Judge. Mm-hmm. And she said, uh, one half inch. <laughs> Michelle is like that. Yes, she is. That was, that was great. But I, I, was, I was wondering what the difference is on the ammo there between the three and the two and a half. Yeah, the three inch magnums, you've got a little bit more, uh, payload. Um, I'm trying to remember in the, particularly the Winchester, uh, DPX ammo, I think there may be another disc or two. That's pretty interesting ammo, by the way. The, uh, DPX, it is, uh, personal defense ammo for the, specifically for the Taurus Judge. Uh, but if you had the choice, I would definitely go with the three inch. Great. Do you know if that comes in the stainless steel? Yes. Yes, it does. So that, that's that, you know, it's a good choice. All right, Jerry, appreciate the call. Let's see. John is on line two in Pennsylvania. Hello, John. You're on Gun Talk. Hey, good, uh, Happy New Year, Tom. Thank you, sir. I'm glad to hear you back on the air here again. All right. Uh, talk to me. All right. I want to do a little change up here. Uh, I want to get into some hunting. Okay. Um, I'm going on a fall black bear hunt. Okay. Um, Hopefully, for my, my God was saying we can, you know, get into a five to six hundred pound animal where I'm going, right. Right. and I have a desire to take a bear with a bullet that I physically made. So I'm I'm shooting cast bullets okay. out of a Marlin lever action forty five seventy. Cool. Alrighty, and this is a RCBS four hundred and five grain cast, and mm-hmm. I'm shooting gas checks, Got and it. I am getting I can load it to the Marlin specifications for the forty five seventy. So it's a little bit popped up right okay my question is i'm reading everywhere and i'm getting conflicting um uh messages one place tells me i should be shooting a hard cast like a lineman number two for hunting mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then another place tells me i should be shooting a 20 to 1 or 18 to 1 which is not lineman number two mm. uh lineman I, I, number two is a 15 brindle hardness and acts almost like a solid I would, and, I would, I'm just going to tell you, let me cut to the chase. Go with a hard cast bullet. You're already shooting a 45 caliber bullet. You don't okay. need expansion. What you need is penetration. On a, on a big bear, that's the, the important thing. You need penetration. So you need to have hard cast bullets as, as much oh. as you can get them. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. That, uh, that, that, that straightens, helps me, helps me out uh, a lot right there. Absolutely. Now, where are you getting uh, your alloy or your tin for your... Uh, okay. You know. um, where I work, uh, it, it's an older building, uh, a laboratory, and uh, they're, they're, as the uh, maintenance crew is cleaning out uh, old lead pipes, I have that. Uh, as far as tin goes, uh, I also have wheel weights, which is a tin antimony blend. Right, right. And then uh, tin, uh, a couple of my friends are, uh, you know, wine uh, people, and the the wraps anymore are tin uh, oh, around the bottle. And then uh, another friend of mine likes to go to auctions, and he gets me old um, lead tin solder. And I just have to go online and look up the ANSI spec, right. and uh, that breaks down what the uh, lead tin ratio is on that. 
Well, that will be a lot of fun for you to go take a, a bear with bullets that you have cast yourself, because old style. And in case anybody is wondering, no, you are not giving up anything. Hard cast bullets will penetrate well. That 4570 Marlin is a great rifle. You will have a good time. Tell you what, once you get your bear, email me a picture of it, okay? Tom at GunTalk.com. I appreciate the call. 866-TALK-GUNS. This is Gun Talk. Listen up. The Outdoor Dream Giveaway has launched, and this really is a dream giveaway. The grand prize package includes a 2011 Ram 2500 4x4, a 21-foot Ranger boat with Evinrude motor and custom trailer, a Can-Am Commander side-by-side, a $10,000 prepaid gas card, and $30,000 cash to help pay for the taxes. I told you this is a dream giveaway. Donations for entries are tax-deductible and will benefit wildlife and conservation causes. Go to OutdoorGiveaway.com to get your tickets for this incredible sweepstakes. Enter the code GUNTALK1 and get 50% bonus tickets for any donation over $20. You also can enter by calling toll-free to 855-459-6400. Use the code GUNTALK1 and get 50% bonus tickets for any donation over $20. That's OutdoorGiveaway.com. The National Shooting Sports Foundation, the trade association for America's firearms industry, is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year and wants Gun Talk listeners to join in the celebration. Visit nssf.org slash gun talk and enter to win a $500 gift card to Cabela's. For 50 years, NSSF has worked to promote, protect, and preserve hunting and the shooting sports, and we applaud those efforts. Enter to win today at nssf.org slash gun talk. After a three-year hiatus and for a limited time, Magnum Research will be offering the classic Desert Eagle pistol from IWI in Israel in both 44 Magnum and 50 AE. Featuring a smooth, durable black finish and a Picatinny rail allowing use of a variety of sights and optics. Appearing in over 500 movies and TV shows, you'll recognize the Desert Eagle instantly. Ask your local gun dealer for the classic Desert Eagle pistol from IWI. Go to www.car.com. That's K-A-H-R.com to view a list of dealers. Right, back with you here, Tom Gresham. 866-TALK-GUNS is the magic number here. Let's see, John's in Fresno. He's on line three. John, welcome to Gun Talk. Hi, Tom. How are you doing? I'm good. How can we help you? No, um, I listen to your show as much as I can, and my question real quick is, you talk about it costing $100,000 if you pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Where do you get insurance, umbrella policy, something like that, to cover yourself? What's your recommendations? You may or may not be able to get insurance that will cover that. Uh, I would specifically, if you say, okay, I want to get insurance for it, uh, you could try getting a rider, an umbrella policy, but I would make really, really sure that it covers it. In fact, I would make, I would require my agent to write that into the policy to make sure that it's in the policy, that it covers uh, legal self-defense, use of firearms, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But my guess is you're not going to be able to get it. That's just my guess. Uh, you know, okay. there, there are people who are, have sold 
or maybe even are selling insurance policies. And you look, tell you what, do a Google search for uh, concealed carry self-defense or self-defense insurance. Uh, there's some out there. They're not available in all states. The last I checked, I think 250000 was all I could find. And the reason I, I, I say this is it may end up being it's not a big deal, but you have to work on the assumption. It's like everything else. You assume the worst, prepare for it, and then maybe it's not as bad. Assume that you've got a jackass district attorney prosecutor who really wants to make a name for himself, and he's running for re-election, and you get on the radar, and he or she decides, yeah, we're going to take you to the grand jury. And look, as they say, uh, a good DA can get a, a grand jury to indict a ham sandwich. They can get them to indict anybody. Uh, so you go through that. Now you're going to have to get yourself a good defense attorney. And if you need one, you want a criminal defense attorney, not the guy who wrote your will, not any of that. And the reason they're expensive is because they're worth it, because you're talking about trying to keep yourself out of jail for the rest of your life. Well, so, the inter- right mm-hmm. behind my concealed carry permit is my attorney's business card, and he Perfect. also owns the the gun range where I get my concealed carry. Outstanding, so he's very familiar. Yeah, I've got my attorney's uh, number in my phone, so I could just punch it up in there. And that's you know, it's a good point. I love the fact that you have that ready. When people say, "I want to speak to an attorney," no, you want to speak to your. Attorney, And you had best have somebody you've had this conversation with. Even if you just went to somebody and say, look, I want an hour of your time. I'm going to go. You know, basically, we're going to have a, an established relationship and you're going to be my attorney. And that still may not be the one you end up with, but you need to have somebody you can talk to. And you know, beyond that, what I'm really trying to do with all this, and I, I think you get it. I'm trying to point out to people that TV and movies and a lot of the talk we hear on forums and Internet groups makes it sound casual almost. We're going to shoot the bad guy, and we're going to go high-five and go have a beer together. Well, no, that's not how it's going to go down at all. Uh, you're going to shoot the bad guy, maybe. Maybe the bad guy shoots you. Maybe you shoot the bad guy and a con- another concealed carry holder shoots you. Maybe you shoot the bad guy and an off-duty cop shoots you. Maybe you shoot the bad guy and an on-duty cop runs up and shoots you. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot, a lot, a lot of bad things can happen here. And if everything is great and they pin a medal on you, now you get sued by either the bad guy you shot or his family. So now we're into the civil side of things. So it's my point in all of this is be very reluctant to employ a firearm for your self-defense. Avoid it at all costs. Don't go to places where you think, if you think you need a gun there, don't go there. Don't go to places where you think you need a gun. And people say, well, now I've got a gun. I can go to that part of town. No, no. Don't go there, okay? If you think you need a gun there, don't go there. Be reluctant to employ this. Get training. The more you learn about it, the more you're going to say, I don't ever want to do this stuff. 866-TALK-GUN.
I haven't even told you about this cool new gun. Actually, we got several new guns in. Um, we just put a video up. We'll have it on the GunTalk.tv website next week. Uh, on the new Ruger SR-22 pistol. It is a semi-automatic pistol, kind of like their uh, SR-9, SR-40, but it's a 22 rimfire. And the way I described it, I said, if there was a gun that was a beagle puppy, this would be it. This thing is so cute. And when you pick it up, it's weird. Everybody I've handed it to, they put it in their hands, it's like they go, oh, this is nice. The grip is smaller. It's delightful. It's a single stack 22 rim fire. It's a decocker system. So you've got a safety, a decocker, a double action, single action. Great training tool. If you are uh, you know, using a carry gun, particularly if you have a carry gun that uses a decocker, really sweet, just delightful. And then we also shot the new Ruger uh, uh, their 22 revolver. It's the LCR in 22, eight shot 22. And we didn't get a chance to shoot it, but we did get in the new Ruger rifle. They have a, uh, what they're hoping, I guess, I'm guessing is they're hoping this to be a savage killer. Uh, bolt action, 30 6 I'll have it in other calibers. Lightweight, polymer, very accurate, and great trigger. Really, really nice. Called the Ruger American. I'll have more about that. I'm going to go out next month to Texas. We're going to do some long-range shooting at the uh, FTW Ranch. That'll be some fun stuff. We'll, that'll show up on the Gun Talk television show. By the way, we uh, the Gun Talk television show is now running on the Pursuit channel and also on Wild TV. If you are in uh, Canada or Germany or Czech Republic or Slovenia, we're huge in Slovenia, I'm telling you. <laughs> Line three, Tom's with us out of Pensacola, Florida. Hello, Tom. You're on Gun Talk. Hey, happy new year, uh, Mr. Gresham. Sure. Real quick, here's something I don't hear a lot on your radio channel. Mm-hmm. Why do the people of the states not change their laws to their legislator to make them more favorable for them in relationship to the use of deadly force. What I mean is, like the older gentleman who had a business where someone may be stealing a TV, and your issue is, well, do you want to shoot the guy for a TV? Well, the issue is, change the law so that you do, you're not going to be penalized for it. Well, actually, a lot of states have, yeah, I understand, a lot of states have been doing that through the uh, passage of the Castle Doctrine or the Stand Your Ground, so that if you're in a building and they come into your building, or if you're attacked wherever you are, you're able to defend yourself. I guess I would ask you this, a moral question, and it, I mean, there's no right or wrong on moral questions, okay? Um, is it moral to shoot, to, to end someone's life because they're taking an object? Okay, here's how I would approach it. Okay, you're in my house. You're you've broken the plane uh, of my. Uh, I get that. Let me let, let's take decency, it outside of the house. Will, I'm not DCC, but you you come into my home while I'm there or not. I understand yeah, that. You, uh, let, you, let me stop you though. Okay, let me stop you because let's take it out. He's in your bill, your business, and you're going to drive over to your business. So you're actually entering the place where he is in your house. I get it. Yeah, I agree with you. But you're going to go. Basically, seek it out and say, because you're taking my TV or taking something from my business, I'm going to walk in there and shoot you. Okay. The way I would approach it is if I had a, I would call the police and tell them that I had a, like a, a, a you know, he had a telephone that would notify him. Mm-hmm. I would call the police, get them there, but tell them I'm coming there, you know, that I'm going to be armed to, to defend myself and my property and my business. That's what I'm saying. Change the law that would allow that. 
Well, I mean, I think you can do that now, and I appreciate the call. The, the question, and I throw, like I said, there's no right or wrong answer. Would you consider it moral to shoot somebody for taking a Coca-Cola? And what what's the dollar value? Where you say, yeah, I do that. I don't know. I, 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 cannot, I cannot provide that answer to you, okay? All right, everybody. Look, next week we're going to be doing a lot about gun rights and the law and what's going on. It's going to be a great week. And then after that, we're going to be at the SHOT Show with reports of everything that's going on. Check it out, guntalk.com. Don't forget to download the podcast. Lots of new stuff every week.